Drink. He drinks a lager drink. He drinks a long songs that reminds him of the good times. I don't even. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Why did I say that? Are they? They're not British, are they? I'm like doing it like it's British. Are they? Are, are they British? Chumbawamba. Is that a British group? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> Welcome, I, ladies and gentlemen, to the yeah. Chumbawamba ranking. <laughs> um, cranked and ranked. We're not, who knows? Somebody put in the comments where Chumbawamba is from. I think they might be British, because like who who says who says lager drink, and, and no, no nobody <laughs> says lager drink over here, so maybe they are British. Anyway, hi, this is Cranked Yo. and Ranked. Welcome to another episode of Cranked and Ranked, um, the uh, the podcast slash YouTube show where me and Mister Eddie Sparks we rank band discographies. And uh, uh, this is going to be a fun one. And as you can see behind me, I'm a fan of the band that we are going to be talking about. But first, introductions. Steven, a.k.a. Old Head. With me, as always, Eddie Sparks. Yo! Yeah, (laughs) that was a good good sounding yo, man. That sounds like a a fancy mic you got there. New mic. New mic, new me. New mic, who dis? (laughs) Um... So today we are going to be ranking the full full length album discography of Carcass, and um, yes, that that is th- these are all of the albums we're going to be ranking. I have all of them, and I you know shit. If I spend the money on them, I might as well show them off on a fucking YouTube video. If you're listening to the podcast, Stephen has all of the Carcass albums on his shelves displayed behind him, and uh, so yes. Anyway. Uh, so we got seven albums, seven uh, full-length albums from Carcass. Um, a really interesting discography and an enjoyable one for me. Um, and as usual, let's let's just jump right in and let's talk about where we we uh, uh, got on board with Carcass because you're fairly new to the Carcass world, right? Yeah. In fact, this episode new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We 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 have it. We'll have an edit right there because there was there was. I, I say fancy new microphone, and then immediately there's some sort of weird issue, which might come back again. So let's. It's. It seems like we can't ever catch a break on this. Uh, on this I think podcast, we, I think we need little wily coyote signs that we need to hold up to one another when we're like in full swing. So if one of us is talking like really passionately about a topic, and then all of a sudden I just hold up this green highlighter, and it's like, ah, shit. <laughs> Just, just, just hold up like the the international sign for stop. Just like do that, <laughs> ah, and hold it up. Um, anyway, so or or the yeah, live long and prosper. That's more one fun. of those. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yes. So as as Eddie was saying before, his mic got weird. Is uh, that he's he's just now um, acquainted himself with the Carcass discography. My relationship with Carcass begins in 1993 now i may have heard carcass before that i don't really remember but i do remember in 1993 watching headbangers ball and seeing uh the music video for the song heartwork and my young mind was absolutely blown and i'm just like who the fuck is this 
Yeah. And went and got the album, and I've been a fan of all of their stuff uh, ever since. And uh, that's, yeah, that's a pretty, it's a short little, pretty short little story because we got to get into this shit. Seven entire yeah. albums to rank. And um, I'd have to say, though, that when it comes to, you know, the blanket term of extreme metal, um, Carcass is my favorite band. Like they are yep. out of all the grindcore, death metal, whatever you want to throw my way, uh, Carcass to me are the best band uh, doing it. And um, and as we'll get into when we talk about their discography, they're very much like a lot of my other favorite bands, where the 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 progression of what they've done is is what makes them so special to me. So yeah. without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into it, starting with number seven. And as usual, I throw it over to Eddie Sparks for his number seven Carcass album. Cool. So my number seven Carcass album, and I don't want to come off as a wimp, but I had to go for Reek of Putrefaction. Okay. Because their, their debut like, from 88. Now, it's really weird for me to put an 80s album so low, knowing my biases. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I seriously debated doing a track by track for this album, but there's there's no point. <laughs> I was really hoping you would do it just to hear you read the song titles. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing, right? There's 22 songs on here. Not even half of them exceed the two-minute mark, and the production on this is even rawer than early Napalm Death, to the point where it is the absolute definition of recorded on a potato. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, ergo, you can hardly tell what's happening a lot of the time. However, the song titles are so fucking metal. I had to list each and every one of them on this show. So this this is going to be kind of similar to the Cannibal Corpse ranking that we did where we just had to mention every song title (laughs) yeah yeah they've got great song titles yeah so i will say one thing about this album that it hold it holds an accolade in its credit this is the most brutally raw thing i have ever heard in my life (laughs) wow okay that's awesome and like that is solely down to how punishing it is to listen to. Um, And I'm just going to go into the, go into the tracks. Genital grinder. That is straight up off. Genital grinder. Song number one. They're already grinding up your genitals. It's insane. And then immediate, immediately after that, you get regurgitation of giblets, maggot colony, (laughs) pyosisified, Rotten to the gore. <laughs> Carbonized eye sockets. I mean, frenzied detruncation. Vomited <laughs> anal tract. Fester day. Fermenting innards. Excreted alive. <laughs> uh, Supuration. Feticide. Microwaved utero gest- gestation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> feast on dismembered carnage. I mean... They have a wonderful vocabulary to their credit. I've th- um, they've they've said that um, one of them um, got a medical textbook of some sorts, and they just started using words that they found. Yeah, that, that was kind of the beginning of them writing lyrics and naming and naming <laughs> songs. You know, I mean, it paid off because I, I actually do remember this kid back in um, high school who was a death metal kid, uh-huh. and uh, he actually got an A. 
in the class for writing a horror story because his vocabulary was through the roof. Yeah. And when asked about where did you learn all of these words, he was like, I listened to a lot of death metal and I thought that was the coolest shit any kid said at the time. Um, But yeah, splattered cavities, uh, psychopathologist, burnt to a crisp. It's so funny when burnt to a crisp is the tamest song title in your fucking, like... Pungent excruciation manifestation of Virgo's urethra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oxidized Beautiful. razor masticator, like mucoperulence excreter, malignant defecation. Like, here's, here's the thing, right? Really cool ideas, but the ear piercing production renders this record borderline unlistenable in like a single <laughs> sitting. Um, yeah. You know, especially all the way through, because I actually, this is one of few times I actually had to take a break in the middle of an album for this show, because I thought, Mm -hmm. fuck, dude. (laughs) 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 I I was sat there and I got up to, I think I got up to about excreted alive and I was like, I need a fucking coffee a second to process this. But like... You can hear little, like, riffs in there every now and again when, you know, whenever a blast beat happens, forget about it. But when you hear a yeah. riff, like, bleed through the chaos every now and again, it it does show, like, there's something in there. And, like, something menacing that I like about this album as, like, more of an art piece above all else is the fact mm-hmm. that when you do listen to it, you do feel like you're being fucking murdered and every now and again like you get these like things bleed through and yeah this is the most brutally raw thing i have ever heard in all my life hell yeah <laughs> uh, and uh and and honestly the 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 band um it wasn't intentional like the band yeah. was not happy with how that album came out and um but it is what it is so so like that before I go into mine like the I love all of these albums. So mm. putting something last doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. Uh but yeah. it had to be done, but it, but in the end I actually agree with you that Reek of Putrefaction is the uh, the least great Carcass album. Um so that's also my number 7. And um that would be considered very uncool. For, for from some people um but uh yeah i agree with all the things you said that it's it's very it's like the rawest of grind core that you're ever going to get yeah and um that's part of its charm i almost feel like accidentally they stumbled upon the perfect production for this album even though they didn't <laughs> want it that way because i feel like if it was really polished it wouldn't be that good i i don't know Hmm. i don't know i just think that it's a it's another character in the album um but it just has such a young fuck off energy to it that is just so enjoyable and and then the the cool thing is is like like you said like you there's cool shit buried in there and you'll occasionally hear it and you go oh that's that's fucking sweet but then you'll be like what is going on right now and i love how there there are plenty of times where there's kind of false starts and they don't all they're all off from each other and shit yeah and there's a couple of like ken fucks up on the drums a bunch of times and they just fuck it this is the album and uh i i totally i totally love that i love this for what it is for for the with the time period that it came out um 
Now, I, I do have to say, though, that if if Carcass had continued this, if this had been what they did for the rest of their career, I would not be a Carcass fan. I'd, I'd probably like this yeah. album, but it wouldn't go any further than that for me. The, the interesting thing about this, it's not interesting, it's kind of annoying, is that <laughs> over the past, I mean, I, you know, the internet came about and then Carcass got back together in the early 2010s or something like that. And um, from that moment on, like they would, uh, they would post something about a new song or a video or whatever it is that's going on. And you would always have, and it's not just one, there would be multiple people who would make comments like, you haven't made anything good since Reek of Putrefaction. And I want to talk to those people right now. Yeah. Just 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 you talking to, to the people that if you if that's you, if you're a reek of putrefaction person, you think that that's as good as it got. Okay, let me just tell you something. You're not fooling anybody. All right? <laughs> we see right through you. Damn Everybody right. knows that you're just trying too hard. Okay? Yeah. We get it. You're metal. You're so metal. <laughs> but um it's time it's time to stop pretending. Okay, yep. Reek of Putrefaction is a great album for what it is, and I utterly enjoy it. But to be completely honest, if that is your favorite album that Carcass has done, I can't take you seriously as a music fan. Full mm. stop. That's it. It's as far as it goes. Um, yep. And you know what? The band would agree, probably. <laughs> but there's so many great things about this album, and I know I'm. You know. Uh, you know. It, it, I, I, I don't really know. It's just, I, I actually giggle at some of it. There's certain par- parts yeah. of it that make me giggle a little bit. And one of my favorite things, I actually had to write this down because I can never remember it, but on the on the vinyl, I don't know if it's on this, it's probably on the early CDs too, but I don't know about the the later ones. Um, on on the back, there's it's hard to read it, all the shit that's written on the back. It look, there's even like subtitles of the song titles. Like there's other things <laughs> written there too. But instead of saying Jeff Walker, Bill Steer, Ken Owen, they have different names. And let me read you their names on the back of Reek of Putrefiction. All right. (laughs) Jeff Walker's name is Frenzied Fornicator of Fetid Fetishes and Sickening Grizzly Fates. (laughs) Bill Steer's name is Gratuitously Brutal Asphyxiator of Ulcerated Pyroangiotheos Goiters. I don't know what that word is. <laughs> Pioangzithius goiters. Ken Owen's name is Groom Gargler of Eviscerated uh, Groom Gargler and Eviscerator of Matured Neoplasm. <laughs> <laughs> These all sound like monster trucks. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be. Who knows? But I just love that like that's that's a big thing from day one with Carcass that I love about them is that they have a really good sense of humor. And yeah. Sometimes, not on this album, but sometimes, I mean, there may be some on this album, but sometimes they're actually like, like Jeff Walker's uh, lyrics are actually about something pretty serious, but he has these ways of doing a little wink at you, like with some of the stuff that he does. And I, (laughs) I just, I fucking love it. And, um, that's the one thing, speaking of Jeff Walker on Rika Putrefaction, it's, he's almost unrecognizable for the vocals he would end up doing. Yeah, <laughs> and you also have have uh, Bill Steer doing vocals too. So for the first, I think three albums, there's two vocalists, um, and mm-hmm. then eventually it's just 
it's just Jeff Walker with background vocals by the other dudes. But um, I'll also, another thing is that, is that um, on the vinyl, instead of saying side A and side B, it has um, fecal dis, dis, hold on, fecal <laughs> disarticulation side and anal disgorgement side. Those are the different sides of the album. Man, so I'm, I'm beginning to love this album even more. <laughs> it, it's, it is one of those ones that really does grow on you because once you know what it is, that day will come where you go, I really want to go listen to that. Because it's just, yeah. it's got something about it that's so so much fun. Um, but but yeah, it goes at number seven for me. One, because the production, is, it makes it a little bit hard to get through. But I do like the production. But the big thing for me is that I'm one of those posers where I kind of want there to be a song. And uh, yeah. <laughs> these are just parts jammed together in really brief you know, exercises and brutality, which... For what it is, it's perfect. Like, I don't think that they could have made the album any better than they did, really. That's what I was thinking when I first when I first listened to Genital Grinder, the first song. I heard there was a riff in there. It was like, yeah. And it very, very quickly just went... it's like that snare the snare is so overpowering during any blast section that it's like also the also the the, the, (laughs) it's almost like the bass on the the bass drum and maybe the bass tones are so it's i don't know what it's what they did but it is just Everything is just like kind of all fucked up. It's almost like the producer hated it so much he just like randomly tweaked a bunch of noms and then they and then sent it off for mastering. <laughs> just yeah. like fuck that, fuck those yeah. those people. And so uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, I love Rika Putrefaction, but uh, something had to go last. And this is the the in the story of Carcass. This, I mean, really, like if you if you listen to everything Carcass did, this is the least Carcass sounding thing they did. Because mm. very quickly they start developing their own sound. Because there were other bands doing similar music in 1988. Yeah. Um, maybe not as well, but, you know, they were doing it. So, yeah, number seven, Reek of Putrefaction, moving on to number six. Cool. So my number six is, let me just double check, because words decided to not save my notes the last time I saved it. A little corruption error. Dickhead computer Microsoft program. is fucking up. Yeah, man. Anyway, oh, there it is. Swan Song. Swan Song, okay. This would be some people's uh, last place for a carcass, so okay. There's that thing of we're posers that like there to be a song. So it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so, um, you know, with that, you know, while I was doing research for this album, you know, I discovered that many of the songs on here fall under what is known as the death and roll subgenre, which sure. I think is, well, I, I think that's fucking delightful because aside from like maybe one or two mentions in the past, it's not a subgenre I think about often, but it also totally makes sense. One um, of the best examples of that to me is the album Wolverine Blues by Entombed. Yeah. Um, heavy as fuck and there's death metal elements, but it's much more of a, gro- there's a groove thing going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And like it, a, a a fun thing that they do is like every now and again, they'll make you think that it's like going to be a parody 
of like a song by just changing like a word where you've got keep on rotting in the free world yeah when in actual fact it's just its own thing but they're just fucking with you it's like they're like it's it, like they're the death metal weird al yankovic <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it it's it's a cool album here's the thing like it's i mean with keep on rotting in the free world you get catchy and melodic while retaining the death metal heaviness and yeah also is that a fucking tambourine you know there's a tambourine in there and yeah i'm in i don't know i don't know if you noticed but you move you move forward into their discography you get tambourines you get hand claps you get cowbells (laughs) yeah (laughs) is they don't give a fuck they do whatever they think the song needs and they don't nobody questions it and well i mean some people do not me they're geniuses in my book yeah i i think the best possible bands you get are the ones that say fuck it we do what we want Uh um and i am even at this low a place in i am super impressed with this band and i am shocked at myself that i was so inexperienced i'd heard artwork and that was it you got everyone starts sometime and it's like there yeah. there are there there's so much music out there that sometimes there's a great band that you just don't catch on to until later so yeah i mean it's happened to me too how how yeah like they really don't care and i love it and it's yeah like t- tomorrow belongs to nobody they're really doubling down on the groove kind of things here mm-hmm. i mean you got to think it's 96 so this was kind of peak groove metal before the new metal thing came along yeah full swing um black star is like super accessible but still has death metal vocals on it it reminds me i think they were listening to a lot of pantera as were most bands during this time maybe um you get cross my heart it's this like really heavy groovy fucker (laughs) child's play that riff is sick but when it opens up it really shows what straight up songwriters they are um yeah room 101 something i really began to notice at this point is that stylistically the only thing left over from the death metal stuff is the vocal style like on this album which was a which was a point of argument on with the record label because this was supposed to be their major label album because they they got signed to in America they got signed to Columbia Records I believe and Heartwork was put out as a joint earache and Columbia Records album but then they were recording Swan Song and it was supposed to be them fully on a major label and the apparently the label reps and and peeps like that wanted Jeff Walker to start singing or doing something yeah. different with his vocals. And he's like, no, <laughs> this is what <laughs> I do. And um, and so and I think it's because, you know, the music kind of got a little bit more simplified, but vocally he just stuck with his guns with the things that he did. And so eventually the I think if I know how it how it worked out, they they were let they were let out of their label contract and then Earache ended up putting out the album as they wanted to put it out. Yeah, and like that's really apparent on like a few songs coming up too. Like you get Polarized, which is like it has super melodic riffs and solos. Generation Hexed, this could be a Judas Priest song if the vocals were sang instead of growled. And like yeah. it's cool, but it would have been so jarring for them to just like completely negate the 
the growl, you know? Yeah. It, and it, 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 the, the great thing is that in, in more recent days, Jeff has snuck in sung vocals, but you can, because yeah. he'll, he'll like record a growl over it. So it's layered underneath it. Um, yeah. But there have been times that he's done bordering as close to singing as he's ever going to do, I think. Um, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe ne- next album there'll be actual singing on it. Who knows? I won't care. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, but so it's, 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 it's fat. This album is fascinating to me just because it is, it, it, it's hard to categorize what they were actually going for. You know? Yeah. It just, it hits so many different stylistic not clashes, but oddities where uh-huh. it's kind of like, you wouldn't normally hear this from this sort of band. Um, Firm Hand is kind of proggy. Still has that more stripped back groove oriented thing in it, but it's got a great solo in it. Uh, Rock the Vote has this, this song has If Maiden Was a Death Metal Band vibes. I don't know if you picked up on that. Maybe uh, so. And it has a cowbell in it too, which is, you know, further... Um, also, we, we have to point out that shit. rock that rock the vote the the rock and rock the vote two of the letters are censored like it's a bad word. Yeah, so it's actually <laughs> R, you know, star what, star. What and do they call those? Pound pound whatever. Uh, not no, it's a hashtag. A- asterisks asterisks. Sure, is that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, don't believe a word. There's something to be said for how clearly you can understand the vocals on this album. Mm-hmm. As you know, death metal's biggest sonic obstacle for most people is the vocals. Like, sure, all of the music is extreme, but that's like the key thing people point out is the roar. Like, well, but- it's because it's because Jeff found his own way to do it. So he's got mm. his own growl thing going on, but he doesn't have to do weird shit with his mouth to make it sound a certain way. So Jeff is fully enunciating the words that he's singing. Whereas yeah. nowadays, every death metal band has a guy that has to make their mouth really small. And that's why you can't understand what the fuck they're saying, because they suck as vocalists. Anyway, go ahead. Hey, throwing shade. <laughs> I know, um, I just I just insulted like 500 death metal vocalists at once. <laughs> 500? <laughs> You're talking, whoop. Um, but maybe yeah. more. Maybe more. <laughs> Like way more, uh, but like go to hell is a fucking awesome closer. It's, it's Mm -hmm. this cool groove metal meets melodic death metal album. And while I'm more likely to grab heartwork over this, this is definitely worth re-listening to, you know? Yeah. And, and your, your particular placing of these albums, like that shows like your number seven, like if you played reek of putrefaction followed by, uh, Swan Song. Like, you, you try to tell somebody that's the same band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's insane. No way. No way. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah, that is my number six. That is not my number six, because I am hey. a poser. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my number six, where I'm just, I'm just moving forward in their discography. My number six is Symphonies of Sickness from 1989. Oh, okay. And um, I, I agree that this album is a step up from Putrefaction. Um, they're they're more in the death grind area now, where it was like grindcore. It's like literally one album in. They've already, they're already just like ah, kind of bored with all that shit. Now we're yeah adding more death metal elements, and there's longer songs, 
and and uh, immediately the ideas are way more fleshed out. The production is better, um, way better. Yeah, yeah. And then for the most part, you start hearing Jeff Walker with his vocals sounding more like we would know that. Not all, not always, but you do get a good idea of like, oh, there's there's the Jeff we know there. Um, to me, this is really the first proper Carcass album um, when it comes to their overall style. Because you can yeah. hear a lot of carcass in this, even though it's a more raw and way more grindy version of uh, of what they did. Um, but this this is this is a really good example to me of that second album thing we talk about, where um, they sound very confident and excited to do this music, and also already on album number two, it's very clear that they are not afraid to just let the music take them where it's going to take them. These, these three individuals, although you know, they would have other guitar players play with them or two, two others. Well, three now, um, that, uh, those three dudes though, the core of what carcass began as they, they, they just came up with ideas and said, yeah, let's fucking do that. There was no, they weren't trying to pander to any kind of audience. They weren't, you know, they, they're, they're, they're very similar to me in the last, like the last band we talked about Primus, where I feel like they're just making music that they enjoy making and it comes out however it comes out. And they just so happen to have a large group of people that are like, fuck yeah, we like this shit too. Um, And you already hear that on this album. So it's a, it's a big step forward. Um, it's still, you know, it still has a little bit of the chaos of the first album, but it is way more (laughs) mature to me. Um, but, uh, the thing is, and maybe it's because the production is clearer and you can hear things, but like album number two, Bill Steer is already the riff master. Like he's yeah. that mother. And so it's great because like you get to hear how quickly that guy progressed. Cause like the guitar on Putrefaction, you hear a lot of like, uh, what, uh, maybe, maybe that riff is too fast for you to play correctly. I don't know, but it's, it, it was just, <laughs> there was a little bit, it was a little rough around the edges and then already symphonies of sickness and the he just is one of those dudes that i feel like you put a guitar in his hand and you just go play something and he already wrote a riff way better than most bands could ever even (laughs) like you're trying for hours and hours they're never going to come up with something he's like like he's like the 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 james hetfield of extreme uh metal guitar players like he just you know yeah there's just riffs and riffs coming out of the dude anyway so i love i mean i love all these albums i'm gonna say that on every <laughs> single one of these, because I literally do. Um, they're all great. But Symphonies of Sickness, um, going to Carcass for what I want from Carcass, for what they would become and the sound that they would establish and perfect, it's not there yet here. But I mm. like hearing this one because this is a huge step forward to like them really like becoming like one of the greatest bands um, ever. And this is, uh, yeah... It's a great album. It's a heavy album, but it's a uh, um, they they did better than this, in my opinion, and so that's why Symphonies of Sickness is my number six. Moving on to number nice. five. Cool. So my number five is Surgical Steel. Wow, this is awesome because it's yeah. like that is like so you've got man, you <laughs> this is cool. Keep going. <laughs> I like how this is playing out. See, this is the thing, and this is where I, I recognize the, the greatness of this band, is the sheer fact that across their discography, there are just these 
leaps in certain directions and they go the full fucking mile every time with yeah. what they want to do. Um, and Surgical Steel, while it did feel like kind of hearkening back to heart work a little bit, yeah, you know, it still has a lot of things that make this one its own thing too. And it's important um, to point out that this was, so after, after Swan Song in 96, they disbanded. And then they, this is their first album that they released. It was 17 years later, I believe, was when Surgical Steel came out. Yeah, it's like a, a big old comeback. Yeah. And yeah, it's fucking rad. Like I say w- with you, we're pretty much in the love zone already. Yeah. Uh, you know, 1985 gave me big Brian May vibes. Like, oh, it, yeah. Yeah, like I got major Queen vibes, and like how to open opening an extreme metal album with something that sounds like it could have been on a Queen record. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this is fucking awesome. And then uh, yeah. immediately after that, you get Thrasher's Abattoir, straight back to the extreme end of the metal spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, cadaver pouch conveyor system. Really, oh. it does. just so that that song kicks in with that melodic once that kicks in i'm just like fuck it just (laughs) just show off to everybody how fucking genius you are all right go ahead yeah like (laughs) it 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 does harken back a little bit to like the melodic death metal ish kind of sound that they had yeah but like it's rapidly heavy but still has plenty of melody in it and that's Mm -hmm. something a lot of bands in this style don't do they just go rapidly heavy full stop you know yeah. um, well i think that what i think this particular style wouldn't, wouldn't you say that like what they did on heartwork and albums like this and then come back to the style isn't that connected to like the metalcore thing like isn't that didn't it lead into that because wasn't metalcore kind of a thing where they took melodic elements and death deathy elements and kind of threw it together or am i or am i wrong there i don't really know I think pretty much what I've heard about metalcore is at the gates happened and then people started adding breakdowns and then that was pretty much the genre. <laughs> oh, okay. Which I think, with the, you know, with at the gates, that was melodic death metal. I do so, hear um, a lot of um, like carcass in um, like in, in melodic death metal kind of riffs in yeah. like the metalcore stuff. But it's like the important thing is they want to you know, you'll get a riff like dead and then follow up immediately with they gotta have they gotta have the they gotta have the the money riff. Or in this or in that sense the hot topic riff. Oh jeez, yeah. You can say that too. But yeah, it, this album fucking rules. You get a, con- a congealed clot of blood, fucking groovy song. Master Butcher's Apron. Mm-hmm. What a nasty slow riff that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, lo- I love this song title. Um, I, I didn't I didn't look it up, sadly, but is is this like kind of a, um, a medical term? Non-compliance to ASTM F89912 standard. Like no, no clue. There's, there's a part of me that I never want to know. Like I just, yeah, 
I'm just like, just, I know I, it's probably knowing them. It's probably something related to cruelty to animals. Cause you know, I don't know if you know, but especially Jeff Walker is a, is a, is a vegan and a lot of, there's, there's a lot of lyrics that deal with animal cruelty and, and things like that. Like it's, it's, um, there, he's an interesting lyricist, but so it wouldn't surprise me if it has something to do with something like that. But I, I, I don't know. Somebody else look it up and, and uh, put it in the comments. It's so funny. You always get like at least one member of like a, a gore grind band or something like that. That's like just flat out vegetarian. It's like fucking Alex Webster, I think, from Cannibal Corpse. He's a vegetarian. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, I I, I kind of get that. If you're up on stage singing about like bashing people's brains out every night, you might get kind of, you know, sick of your dietary habits reflecting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I eat a burger, I think of that one song we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. The the fucking double quarter pounder just it's not the same anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not ever since we wrote that song, Eight a Quarter Pounder, then died. Ah, <laughs> Ma'am, callback. Yeah, that's a callback. That's a reference. Cranked and ranked reference, baby. We have lore now. <laughs> we do. But yeah, there's a awesome Slayer-esque breakdown in non-compliance to ASTM F89912 standard. And it fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the granulating dark satanic mills. Kind of catchy one here. Yeah. Um, Unfit for human consumption. Killer fast yeah. riffage on that one. Um, <laughs> 315L grade surgical steel. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like captive bolt pistol, frantically pounding blast of a song. Mount of execution. Like the intro to that gave me like 80s traditional metal vibes. I love yeah. that. That's important um, to point that. That's one of the many things that I love about Carcass is that they will pull from all these different areas. Like yeah. you, you do get things that are just that sound like they could just be in a basic rock and roll song, and another thing that yeah. could be, like you said, sounds something like Queen or sounds like Judas Priest, or but they, but they don't sound like they're ripping any of it off. It's just like a, it comes it's naturally. A, it's a weird convergence of of influences that just come together and make up the carcass sound, and that's that's fucking great. Yeah, and then like closing out with intensive battery brooding. This one could have been on Swan Song, and it's very much more groove-oriented. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really cool that they they kept a little bit of that around as well. Yep. So that this, this didn't feel... I was kind of concerned going in that this was just going to be like a slightly less amazing artwork. But yeah. there's elements of it here, but there's plenty of stuff that makes it its own thing too. And I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. When it when it when it came out, like I said, there were there were people that were disappointed that they didn't just go make a grindcore album again. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Okay, um, <laughs> I love that album. That album is not my number five. Um, uh, my number five, we've already talked about it. My number five is Swan Song from uh, 1996. Um, last album with Ken Owen on drums. Kind of a sad story with Ken Owen. Um, he's still alive and he's do he's fine, but. Um, they split up after after Swan Song, and then I think he was doing he was in another band, and then and then apparently like just one night while he was at home, he had like an embolism or something or an aneurysm, oh, man. something where where he was hospitalized, and I think in a coma at some point, 
Um, and then he, he ended up recovering from it. But, um, at that point he was just, I I think he wasn't able to play anymore, um, up up to the level that he would need for carcass. And so, but the great thing is that Ken Owens, even though he's still alive, he, he lives on in all of the stuff they've done since. Like Mm. he does backing vocals on surgical steel. Um, they use, a title of something they, they use titles and stuff that he comes up with. Like he's still a person that's very much part of the band, even though he's not in it. And I've, I, I love that. But, um, so yeah, Ken Owens on this one. And, uh, there's also the, one of the, the only album that's got Carlo, uh, regattas on guitar. Although I think the majority of what he does is, is leads and solos on this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, we already talked about this. This is their most straightforward album. And, um, in the, in the progression of their albums, like I, like, like we've said on many other shows, just, just to throw out, you know, our favorite band's name, Metallica, Metallica made load and, and things like that. And that's a thing that makes them one of my favorite bands because they didn't just say, here's another version of Master of Puppets. Here's a slightly different version of Master of Puppets. This is, you know, Carcass is a band that gave us an album like Swan Song, which is a, which t- for extreme metal fans is a very polarizing album because some people think it's flat out bullshit. And to me, I'm mm. all like, what are you, what are you listening to? I don't, there's way worse music out there. Even if, even yeah. if you're, you know, talking about Carcass not sticking to like, you know, what you want, like this is not an album that deserves that much criticism. It's, it is what it is. They decided to move forward because like, you know, Although it's like, it might, a lot of people might disagree and it's not immediately apparent really, but this is a progression. Like from hard work to this, it's not a progression in the way that you think when I say progressive, it's, it, yeah. but it is them moving in another step. And that's why I like that. That original run of their albums is, is perfect to me just because of the way it plays out. And you get the swan song where it's the most accessible thing that they would ever make. But at the same time, not that accessible because like you can't just go to your high school cheerleader and be like, listen to Swan Song. And she's not going to go, oh, that sounds nice. That's not that's <laughs> that's not going to happen. So, yeah, um, it's not accessible <laughs> like that. That's my favorite thing is that people like to point out things about albums. And go, It's like a fucking pop record. I'm all like, play it to somebody that that fucking listens to pop music and be like, oh, you're going to be into this. Oh, you like Taylor (laughs) Swift? You are probably going to like Swan Song by Carcass. It's fucking ridiculousness. Anyway, so it's such a unique album because of all of these things I just said, where it is very stripped down and it's got stuff that, like you said, that just sounds full-on rock, just rock music Mm. with Jeff Walker's uh, trademark snarl on top of it. (laughs) And... um. So this one goes at number five because I think that the, it's really well produced, really well performed. There's so many fucking killer riffs on this album. Um, but the the element that it's missing that I love about Carcass is there's not a whole lot of surprises within the songs. Once the song gets going, that's the song you're getting. It's 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 a much more simplified um, yeah. version of what they were doing. So I... While I do really like it, um, it's just, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's great on its own. But if you're going to be like, throw on a carcass album, I'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, 
swan song is the one you throw on maybe two or three albums in you know and then you're just like all right now let's do swan song um but yeah yeah, great album and i feel like this album's coming around to where more people are liking it and they should um but uh, yeah i would agree that you know i can understand this being somebody's dead last album because it is um it is the most basic kind of thing that they did i guess and but their their basic is still more fucking complicated than most bands most complicated shit (laughs) So yeah, my number five is Swan Song. Cool. Okay, well then on to uh, number four. Cool, so my number four is the most recent entry with Torn Arteries. All right. Oh, I like the way, I like the way you say that. Artery. Torn Arteries. <laughs> Artery. Yeah. God, I went proper Southwest then. Artery. Never, I can't do it. He's torn his bloody artery out. <laughs> <laughs> it just make it just makes me sound so dorky. I'm like torn arteries. Yours, yours sounds. I guess because it sounds like it's supposed to sound because they're they're British dudes. So. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine if I like didn't even say the T's at the start? You'd be like torn artery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so this album came out this year. Yeah, and, uh, and I and I've yet I've yet to determine where it lo- where it lays in my top ten albums of the year, but that is coming soon, folks. Be, uh, keep keep an eye out. I mean, it's a fucking killer record. No one will blame you. And like straight up, torn arteries, killer opening song. Yeah. Um, fucking dance of X tab, psycho pump and circumstance. Hang on, wait, I did that wrong. Dance of X tab. Psycho Pump and Circumstance March number one. Yeah. I have a, I have a nice mic now, so I can get really close. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> sexy. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I, that one, that's a really... That, see, we're, <laughs> you're are, are talking about this album, you're already getting right into like why I love them, because they, they'll have a song with that's pretty much fast all the way through, and then they'll have a song where the riff is more like that. Like it's... They, it's, they're just like, fuck you. This is what we're doing. <laughs> Hell yeah. It, it's like what I've, I've said here. It's like, what an awesome sleaze riff for a death yeah. metal band. You don't get an awful lot of the sleaze in death metal bands. You usually just get skull crushing force. But yeah. these guys know when to like add a little bit of a, yeah, sneer to it. Yeah. Um, Eleanor Rigor Mortis. Like that's a great fucking title, dude. Yeah. Um, slow and nasty. It's got some harmonies in the, you know, it's got some harmonies in there that give me Chuck Schuldiner vibes. Like oh, yeah. I do, yeah. I do hear some death in what Carcass does, even though Carcass has their own sound entirely. But every now and again, they'll kind of they'll do the same kind of harmonies, and I think I really like that. That sounds yeah. evil as fuck. <laughs> um, Under the scalpel blade is really cool. Devil Rides Out. Now, I will say my simplified uh, track by track here is the result of uh, the Word document shitting the bed and me having to kind of scrape together what I had. But sorry, we got a lot of we have a lot to talk about this episode. Yeah, I and I can pretty much get across my main points about the tracks like the Devil Rides Out is an awesome song. Flesh ripping Sonic Torment Limited is a, is this big epic song? As far as I know, I think it's the longest song they've done. It's like ten minutes. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Kelly's Meat Emporium is just n- this gnarly mixture of 
techie blasts and groovy riffage uh mm-hmm. in gob we trust awesome solo really <laughs> i wrote really proogy <laughs> instead of really <laughs> Uh, yeah, really proogy, and those claps are to die for. I fucking love yeah. the hand claps. Yeah. Um, wake up and smell the carcass slash caveat emptor is fucking rad, and the scythe's remorseless swing is an ace closer. And oh one yeah. Of the, one of the coolest song titles I have ever read on this show. Yeah. So also, ju- also just like the ending of that track, the the harmony guitar that underneath it, just the I, I don't. It's like three a three part harmony thing being played or something, and it's just yeah. like like the the combination. There's a, there's something about like harmony distorted heavy harmony riffs. Yeah. That just that is like. I, I never it never gets old to me. Like they throw some throw some of that harmony shit in there. It's just so yeah. so, so good. Uh, that's this is also my number four, torn arteries. <laughs> nice from uh, from this year. Um, this was um, probably one this is one of my most anticipated albums because I like when I first shit yeah when I first started the old head podcast. I think my first episode was me talking about albums I'm looking forward to. And 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 Carcass had apparently just gone into the studio. This was like two yeah. and a half years ago or some shit. Three <laughs> years ago? Three years ago? Fuck. But it was just, you know, and so it was there was a lot of a lot of a, a buildup to this album. It ended up taking from from Surgical Steel to this eight years. Now there was there was also a COVID delay that pushed it for yeah. a year. So that's part of the problem there. But um, I remember before this album even came out, they released an EP called Despicable with tracks that they had recorded at the same time, but they're like, oh, we we left these off the album. And that EP is fucking insane. And I'm just <laughs> like, these are the ones you left off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even more so, I was looking forward to this album. And and this album delivers, and, and so I can't even begin to explain. I, I did a review on Old Bollocks, where you know, I, I, we, me and Howard yeah. both both you know talked how much we loved love this album but um the interesting thing about this album to me is that if you listen to it back to back surgical steel torn arteries this is a much more restrained almost like confidently restrained album yeah um like like the 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 songs it seems like the songs have more room to breathe the way that they're put together and composed um, I guess a good example would be the fact that there's a nine minute whatever song on here, but because um, I almost feel like with Surgical Steel, it's like they screech back into everybody's lives, like "Hey!" and on this yeah. one, they're like, "All right, let's we're back. Everybody knows we're back. Let's just fucking do this. We can do it." So it's almost <laughs> like the like the Symphonies of Sickness Part Two, where now they're 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 confident that their return has been successful, and so they're not pedal to the floor the entire fucking time, you know? Yeah. Um, but, it, and also at this point, like they've already, they've already zoomed ahead of, of, of almost every fucking band that they could take, they could take their foot off the gas and just coast, you know, a little bit. Um, um, so I put it at four and it's, it's weird because this album is so great, but really at this point, it's an amazing album that's only competing with their other albums. It's not competing with yeah. anything else. Um, and um, I re- I, there's a part of me that thinks 
you know, this is, you know, how many months old that this has been out? Three months, four months, maybe I think this album has been out. And I feel like this could surpass Surgical Steel for me at some point, but it's it's so new that I got to give it a little bit of time. But it already gives me that feeling of like a classic album that's going to stick with me for a really long time. Yeah. And the fact that I can't think of very many other artists that we've done where their brand new album is in the top half of the ranking. Yeah. Like, like I can't remember a, a, if that's ever happened before. Because I think even with Metallica, I think we both had Hardwired maybe a little bit lower down. I think I had Hardwired at, uh, was it six? Yeah. I think, yeah. And um, that says something about the kind of band that Carcass is. Yeah. That it's 2021. It's, it's essentially, it's over 30 years. You know, the first album was 88. So that's what, 34, fuck, I don't know, math, um, yeah. years ago. <laughs> And they're still like, there, there's like I I would not it would not surprise me if Carcass continues to put out albums for many years to come because I don't there's no sign of them running out of steam, um, mm. creatively speaking, and um, yeah, this is just a fucking killer album and I can't I don't I don't have any gripes about it at all. Production is great, performances are great. Um, they, they, there's a, it's only a three piece on the album, even though like in the credits, I think they, they talk about a guitar player that I think is now fully joined the band and is like with them touring and stuff. But as far as I know, this is just, it's all Bill Steer, um, on guitar on this album. And, um, that's fucking great. So yeah, number four, (laughs) number four (laughs) is Torn Arteries. I think a good prime example of how good this album is, is the fact that you literally have two versions of it on the shelf right now very visible to see yeah but box set well because i first ordered this one the regular version yeah because i'm all like you know oh that's just a that's like what it's a dinner plate what am i going to do with a dinner plate and then i and then the more i thought about it after i had already ordered this i was like oh i kind of want that (laughs) (laughs) so i ordered that too and i was just like i'm not even gonna cancel it i'm gonna have two versions because i have two versions of of surgical steel also i have the box set of surgical steel um and i have two versions of heartwork i have the the just basic album version and i have the ultimate version um which has like demos and stuff on it wow i'm a fan what what can i say Get a load of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got things. You know, that's where that's where all my money goes. It goes on on that on that shelf. Big old shelf. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Hell well, yeah. Moving on to number three. Cool. So my number three is album number two with Symphonies of Sickness. Nice. All right. Cool. See, th- this I love this. How like my that one were like opposite ends from each other. Really, with that one. Yeah, like, to me, the jump in quality on this record is astounding. Like, yeah. it's still heavy as fuck, but you can hear what's happening now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, ironically, the, the album opens with a song called Reek of Putrefaction, which, of all the 22 songs on Reek of Putrefaction, Reek nope. of Putrefaction is not one of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, the... The songwriting is still kind of chaotic, but it's controlled and you can yeah. really feel the, 
you know, songwriting and the structure of things and everything is just on a complete other fucking level to the previous album, even though the yeah. previous album is a staple of its genre in its own right. Yeah. This nails it in a, in, in another realm, it, mm-hmm. you know, just to see, this is a great thing about carcass is they can just jump ship to another genre pretty much and just nail it there too. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, if um, they no, if they if they just decided to do a full on rock album, I, I'm pretty sure Jeff could pull off regular singing vocals, and they would probably nail that. Yeah, it, it just you know maybe maybe they the, should. That would that would make me very happy <laughs> if the next Carcass yeah. album is just a, he full on just sings the whole way through because you know I'm gonna eat that shit up and love it. Yeah. Album of the year, and then the rest of the world is like these fucking sellouts. <laughs> <laughs> Like not not even just like a hard rock album. They go like full on yacht rock. Like that'd be yeah. fucking. I, I'm down. I have a I'm weird feeling to... that Bill Steer would have a lot of fun doing something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're all like on the front of it in like full on Miami Vice suits, and, and it's all like, I'm already, I'm already setting the course. It's a fantasy of mine now that something like this happens. Like, please. Yeah. Please come out with like, or maybe like an EP of Yacht Rock covers. Like do something. Yes. Do something that completely fucks with everybody. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, so what do we got here? We got Exhumed to Consume. Gnarly. Mm, yeah. I love yeah. that they yeah. they really thickened this one out. And that's what I love. Um, mm-hmm. Excoriating Abdominal Emanation. Like my favorite sure. thing, like, <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite thing about death metal is the slow, nasty bits, and and this one has some parts in it that just give me that face. Yeah. Like even yeah. even if you're an audio listener, you know that face. Yeah. Um, ruptured in purulence. This one goes even slower and nastier. Um, and pathological necroticism more gnarly crushing brutality i love that they've still kept to the like crazy song titles on this one um but you can tell that they're they're going a little bit more highbrow with it this time where it's Mm -hmm. not just like genital grinder it's like (laughs) it's like embryonic necropsy and devourment like (laughs) we were were just kids back then when we were grinding up genitals now yeah now we've one year ago (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's another thing is one year Reconfutrefaction yeah. in then to then to uh, symphonies. It's one one year. That's insane. one of the most in, insane trajectories of any band I've ever listened to. Like, yeah. uh, as I was saying about embryonic necropsy and development, like tasty double kick runs in the riffage. Love mm-hmm. that shit. Uh, swarming vulgar massive infective virulency is fucking awesome. Uh, cadaveric incubator of endoparasites like absolutely crazy shit slash dementia is a wild crazy track and um crepitating bowel erosion is what i feel every thursday morning after a spicy (laughs) pizza and beer night the previous evening uh no but it's disgustingly brutal just like aforementioned situation and i i fucking love it uh this album rules uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. It, it, it does rule. Um, yeah, my number three is uh, Surgical Steel from 2013. Um, their comeback album. 
Um, nice. So it was. So I, yeah, it was 17 years after Swan Song, and this is the first album with Dan Wilding on drums. And we have to mention Dan Wilding because he's um, he's a great drummer. But the thing that I love about him is they somehow found. I say a young dude. He's younger than they, than the other two, but he's not young. Um, he's probably I think he's in his 30s or something. But um, they found a dude that is technically a really great drummer, but his style. It's almost like he's a Ken Owen fan because the drums, they retain a little bit of that same thing. Like the way that Ken would do blast beats, like that's really one of the only ways I want to hear blast beats. It's almost like they're really classy blast beats. They're not pummeling yeah. it in your face. It's almost like they they kind of sit within the music a little bit. They're not overpowering it. And Dan also does those same kind of blast beats because... That that's the, the thing is that like we've talked about this before. I'm not a fan of the blast beat. People overuse it, and sometimes it's annoying. But when carcass do it, ne- never. It's almost like I don't even notice. I don't even notice yeah. that there's a blast beat happening, and I love that. Anyway, surgical steel is like if there's a if there's like a a a, a book on how to make a comeback album, this one should be an example in there of how you do it. One hundred percent. And I was so looking forward to this record because I was a big Carcass fan already. And I was like, they're fucking coming back? Like, this is insane. Like, I was just, I could could not believe it when it was happening. And then they released the first song, which was Captive Bolt Pistol. And I was just like, I was just like, (laughs) okay, take my money. It's, you know, because they did exactly what you were saying earlier, where technically it's, Better, but better performed, better produced than anything that they had done. But at the same time, it's it, they take elements from everything that they did because it's there's still yeah. the grindy bits when there's blast beats. There's still the melodic bits like on Heartwork, but there's also still some rocking like riffs that show up like a Swan Song era thing. They literally yeah. like are celebrating everything they've done. And they're like, well. This has now become the carcass sound, which is, sure, call us extreme metal, but that is as far as we're going to gonna be categorized. Like, yeah. they will grab from wherever they want to grab, and it always ends up working. It's always insanely well-written songs. And, um, and the, the big thing when this album came out was that I was like, Jeff Walker, it sounds like not even a day has passed vocally for him. Yeah. And... I was so Crazy. into this album when it came out. Um, I got to see them on this tour. They came through Austin and they played with Gore Guts. And fuck, don't get me started on Gore Guts. Another fucking amazing band. But I just, I remember my buddy uh, who I was in a band with. I didn't realize that I was doing it, but he he turns to me like like Carcass is about to come on, and he turns to me and he goes, "Do you realize you're like bouncing up and down like a like a little kid?" And I was like. <laughs> No, but apparently I was all, yeah, <laughs> I was just like so excited to see Carcass, and then they come out, and uh, and they they start off with the 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 first track from Heartwork, and just like it was one of the best shows I've ever seen, just because of the feeling of like because I'd never seen them before this, and it's just yeah. like, and they were absolutely amazing, and. Anyway, it's a little side note that was, but that was around the Surgical Steel time period, and um, the thing that's so fascinating to me about Surgical Steel is that 
when they were doing their music before, like when they did um, necroticism and, and heart work, they were miles ahead of any other band. And now that all these other bands have kind of caught up and decided to do similar things to what Carcass had done, Carcass put out Surgical Steel, which for a band that's been around for that long sounds more relevant than the stuff that these other bands are doing that are younger. It's like (laughs) they don't sound like an old band that's coming back and they're still really good at it. They're just like, it's almost like they were just frozen in time and then thawed out and like, I'm going to make another record. And they're like, all right. And then they did it. And it's like... (laughs) It's just insane to me that like the quality of what they came back and, and did. And um, so that's why this one had to go at, at, uh, at number three. Cause it's like a, it's like the most refined carcass album when it comes to what they did and then presenting it, you know, it's like taking, taking all of their strengths and then taking all of those one step further. And then they make this fucking album. That's just, um, it never gets old. Like it's a, it is one that I put on today and I'm still just like, Oh, this is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, everything about it, everything about it is just, is just great. So it's my number three surgical steel. Totally kicks ass. So my, this is great. So we've, we've, we now have the same top two if I'm keeping track. So let's find out if we match up or not. Cool. So my number two is, necroticism discanting the insalubrious hey that was good that's a good hey. good pronunciation i i practiced that one i can't lie <laughs> <laughs> i i've said the title of this album so many times and i still i just call it call it necroticism because i know if i go yeah. any further than that it's just gonna be scan from <laughs> as far as it's gonna go i'm not i'm ne- not smart i'm not smart enough is say, Necroticism, defecating the bullshit. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, like, once again, this is another evolution in their sound, and they're really a band that doesn't make the same album twice. Even if there mm-hmm. are sonic similarities, there's always something new brought to the table. Yeah, yeah. And it's so amazing for me, because like, I went pretty much chronologically um you know oh, okay the only notable thing was um with like going against the chronological approach was i listened to heartwork first because i knew i'd heard great things about it and i was like mm-hmm. i want to be impressed out of the gate i was yeah. and then i went back to the beginning and to go from heartwork to reek of putrefaction was like a real eye <laughs> you get, 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 get whiplash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, then going, you know, from reek to uh, symphonies and then discant uh, necroticism. I, and hearing this once again as another step towards that kind of thing they became known for. It's like yeah. such a fascinating thing to see them go. We're a grindcore band. We're a death grind band. We're a death metal band. We're a melodic death metal band. And it's it's cool to see so many steps. Um, and now know, they're just they went, now they're just carcass. Whatever the fuck we want, metal band. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, let's get into the track by track. So, in propagation, uh, is 
they've moved towards an ever so slightly more groove and me- melody oriented sound similar yeah. in style to death at points but they still again have their own thing going for them corporal jigsaw quandary that's a fucking that classic is, right there yeah like that is a satisfying riff and mm-hmm. everything just comes together perfectly yeah um symposiums of sickness awesome plotting dissonant harmonized riffs in this with like constantly changing speed mm-hmm. um pedigree butchery those clean guitar bits thrown in are extra tasty like kind of reminds me a little bit of what um annihilator do every now and again yeah um incarnated solvent abuse is mm-hmm. morbidly catchy and that yeah. breakdown towards the end is nuts um Carnius cacophony god i love slow death metal like that and the upbeat gnarly riff on the back half of the song is also amazing um now th- this is probably one of the one of the hardest hardest ones i'm gonna have to say lavaging expectorate of lissergy lissergide composition i've got another fucking killer coming up <laughs> uh, and uh, they <laughs> I, they they immediately follow up classic song with amazing song with amazing song on this album and it's just mm-hmm. so fucking good that it, I will say that the big thing about this album is it gets better consistently throughout it starts yeah. amazing and it ends on god mode because you get forensic clinicism the sanguine article <laughs> fucking hell like it really is yeah. It's just like, it's like a staircase of every time you get to another step, it's like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this album. It's, it's one of the, it's probably one of my favorite albums I've learned about through this show. And that's a, thank you. <laughs> awesome. So, so this is also my number two. So. Hey necroticism discanting the insalubrious hey you said it even smoother than i did so fuck i don't know uh from 1991 so now so now it's so uh, so ladies and gentlemen it is now official because i have been listening to carcass since 1993 big fan eddie just now listened to the full discography and we come out with the same top two albums therefore these are the best fact these are the two best carcass album it is a fact you can't argue with it. Sorry, what we've proven. When we it. when we match up on an episode, when 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 we match up, it's fact. Yep. It's not it's not a matter of opinion anymore. We nope. said it on the show. Nope. <laughs> if you don't if you don't if you don't get it, then you're just not good enough. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, that being said, necroticism, <laughs> fucking killer album. Um, yeah. their first is a four piece, um, mm. and the guitar player is Michael Lamott who would later go on and form the band Arch Enemy. So uh, mm. there you go, a little bit of, you know, the of extreme metal, you know, if the family tree grows out. And you could say that Arch Enemy is arguably a more successful band than Carcass, even though Carcass is, you know, loved. Um, I'm pretty sure, I'm not into Arch Enemy, but I'm pretty sure they're pretty huge, right? Like, I'm not mistaken. I, I, I have a bit of a crush on the singer. Which one, <laughs> the first one or the new one? Hey, I take I take either or. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, I will say, musically, they're fucking fantastic too. 
Yeah. So yeah, they're they're yeah. a good band. I've just it hasn't clicked with me for whatever reason. But this album with Michael Amott on uh, on lead guitar on this, yeah, everything you said, huge step forward, like insane. Yeah. Like they add more melodic elements and the song structures become way more complex. And they got all these things. They've got some grind. They've got some depth. They got some groove. It's like the the carcass recipe here is fully realized, just not yet perfected. But it's everything is here now. Like this yeah. is the the finally they're just like this is carcass. Hello, w- welcome. And so um, what's up? <laughs> and and there's so like there's classic songs on it, but but Symposium of Sickness is is fucking ridiculous. It is a ridiculously yeah. good song. Um, it is one of my, we'll get to one when we talk about the next album, but it is one of my, like if somebody's not into Carcass yet, I'd just be like, just listen to these few songs and then get back to me. Um, yeah. But I love the fact that, I guess it even happened on their first album. They weren't ever afraid to go to a more like simple riff. Like that's the thing is that that yeah. Bill Steer in, in general and Carcass as a band they can play some really complicated shit if they want to. But to me, it's interesting that it doesn't come across like they're just trying to show off because at the same time, they will have a riff in a song that I could easily just pick up my guitar and go play now. Like I don't have to sit and like figure, figure it out. I can go, Oh, this is, this is exactly what this is. And because that makes to me, their songwriting so much more meaningful and natural sounding because they're not saying we have to do this. Oh, this isn't this isn't complicated enough. We have to make it more complicated. No, they don't. They're complicated when it's it's necessary, and it's always something that makes me go, God, what, what, what? And then they'll yeah. have another riff that is really simple, and I'm still going, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that's why they're amazing, and this album is amazing, and um. Yeah, this is when it comes to like the the early 90s, you because like because I've said this before, like this was a death metal album when I heard it. So was Heartwork. It was all different kinds of death metal because at least for me as like a, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, young teenage kid, I didn't know or give two shits about subgenres. So once I learned about death metal and I got into obituary and, and cannibal corpse and things like that. Yeah. And then I started to discover the bands that would become my favorites from that genre. Like your, your, your carcass, gore guts, atheist, like bands like that, that if, if you really want to, you know, split hairs, You'd be like, well, there's death metal elements, but then there's the, you know, I mean, yeah, like, like, but I love that period of, of extreme music from around like 89 to about 94 where, yeah, there weren't all these fucking rules and yeah, yeah. And, and bands just put out albums and they were just, they were fucking good. Like, you know, atheist puts out an album that has a fucking Samba song on it. Um, Entombed <laughs> puts out like a death and roll album, although that term wasn't even a thing at the point. And then, you know, you've got uh, Carcass who take a huge step forward with necroticism. And then 
deliver our joint number one album. Let's just fucking move. Let's move yeah, on to good. the number one Carcass album fact. Yep. So, uh, so take it away, sir. You could, had I not known this was Carcass, you could have played this to me, told me it came out this week, and I would believe you. In terms of how it's aged, it's aged like fucking wine, this yeah, album. Because absolutely. It, you hear Heartwork, by the way. Heartwork is the album. Heart- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From 1993. <laughs> like, when you think in terms of the influence on modern metal, you hear so much of what modern bands take and run with, you know? Yeah. And at least in like any of the any of the core bands owe so much to the harmonies on this album. But here's the thing, right? This came out, no one was, as far as I know, doing this yet. Not so that I had still, heard at the time. Nah. Like you would have bands that would have like maiden harmonies or stuff like that, but this is just its own beast at the time of Delivery, I guess what well you, you could know? say you could say that uh, human by death had already come out. Yeah. So there's a little bit that they, they were even, already into the melodic and, and more technical side of things. I'm talking from I'm talking from a both production and songwriting kind of perspective. Yeah. So like yeah. this this combo of the startlingly modern sounding production for its era, mm-hmm. like the it, it this album floored me. Like I had to keep doing a double take. I was like, is this really 93? Like the way it's produced it, it's timeless. It has, it's done in such a way that it's, it's untouched by time itself. We've talked about that a lot. There's a lot of albums from the nineties that how, whatever, whatever techniques were being used, they don't sound like 30 year old albums. They don't. No, they, they don't sound dated. That's fucking great. They just sound like fucking authentic. Um, they sound more more alive than a lot of the modern shit that's being thrown out there. It's just like, I miss it. Yeah. You know, get off my lawn. I want my <laughs> shit to be produced better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like I say, holy shit, the production on this is insane. It's crazy good. And let's, let's jump into the songs, bro. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, buried dreams. Yeah, super. So super heavy. So track. put yourself in like an excited Stevens shoes, and like literally yes. the show starts and they get into that. Like like I get chills just thinking about it. Like yeah. that is the best beginning of a show ever. And 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 and, and uh, Jeff Walker's wearing a fucking cowboy hat the entire show because <laughs> he's in Texas. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. Anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt a lot because I this is one of I, my favorite albums ever made. So you know, you you go for it. We've reached the number one matchup. All mm-hmm. the fucking rules are out the window when we reach this stage. You're uh, gonna you just read the next title, and I'm already going to interrupt you. Well, I I just, <laughs> I just wanted to touch on that really Megadeth style chromatic section in in Buried Dreams. That. I, f- I forgot to say this about even Swan Song. Like, I hear yeah. riffs on Swan Song that more modern Megadeth sounds like they try to do. Yeah. And I'm all like, wow. 
And yeah, I'm, I mean, Dave's not gonna not gonna admit to that probably, but you know, it's it's there. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then Carnal Forge, equal look, parts crushing. Look, look, <laughs> look. Carnal Forge. It is one of the greatest metal songs ever. Like yeah. it is. Like, this is what I was trying to say about in the last one. There's a couple songs that if somebody listens to, like, heavy music and they're like, oh, I don't I don't really like Carcass. I'm like, oh, oh, you don't. And then I'll Wrong. put on Carnal Forge. If that if you are not a fan after hearing Carnal Forge, why are you even still alive? Like, what what is <laughs> what is the point of living anymore? If that because it is it is a insane like the riffs on that. I that is a song that I'm like, oh, I want to go learn how to play that. And then I go, no, no, I don't want to learn how to play that because there's because it's going to take away the magic for me because it's probably not as complicated as I think it is. But there's there's like at least three or four riffs in that one song where I just go, fuck me, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so then 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 then, moving on with the album, that song is insane. Insane. Yeah. It's like somehow crushing and catchy, and I love that they pull this off so well. Uh, you get no love lost, pounding oh. groovage on this one. Yeah, like, I think that was oh. a, that was that was one of the songs that I think pissed people off because it was like slow. And like I said, mm. the riff is not really complicated. It's a, it's a fucking great riff, but it's not grindcore. So there you go. Yeah, man. Like. Oh, fuck. Artwork, you hear oh. guitar. Like, yeah. <laughs> you hear guitar harmonies like that to this day. Like, this album's influence is everywhere. Artwork is like a song. You know how they have those memes where people take those yeah. dudes that are like freaking out over a song or something and they lay it over it? Like, whenever I yeah. hear Artwork, that's how I feel. Like, those guys are just like, oh! <laughs> and like, they completely lose their shit. Like, totally. So fucking good. Oh, and at this point, I'd already like praised this album so much, and I've got like single sentence ones here. It was like <laughs> em- embodiment. This is fucking awesome. Oh, that fucking that, that another simple ass heavy riff. That yeah. Oh god. Yeah. And then I I put right under it mortal coil. So is this like yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck yeah man. <laughs> Uh, 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 how do I say it? Arbeit macht Fleisch. It's just German, right? German, yeah. Like it's just this fast, brutal assault. Mm-hmm. Blind leading the blind. Oof. Yeah. Like that groove is so heavy. Doctrinal expletives is fucking gnarly. And uh, death certificate. The riffs in it are mind blowing. This yeah. a- this this album's aged remarkably well. Like. Yeah. Compared to so much other metal music, this is like, I know it's like extreme metal, but it's tasteful extreme metal where it's not like, look how fucking heavy we are. It's like, like we just crafted this masterpiece and it's got death growls all over it. And it's like, yeah, fucking do that. (laughs) I mean... I can't. I, I I'm agreeing with everything that you just said. That this is the, yep. also my number one. This is this is their masterpiece. It's an absolutely perfect album. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would throw that term to the to their to our top two perfect albums. Yeah. Um, but just on heartwork, like maybe there's a little bit of nostalgia because this is where like I I came on board. Like I saw the video for heartwork, and I like I said I was I was just so how, how old was I then? Like 15, fourteen something like that, fifteen. Mm. And I was just like, what the what the fuck is this? Like, this is like, you know, it's, it, and, um, and it's never left me as an album that like, I just adore. Um, it's got, it's got, it's got the speed in a lot of parts. It's got technicality. It's got the fucking riffs, the melodic parts, the groovy parts, and, and absolutely amazingly well-crafted songs all the way through this album. It is the complete package for carcass. And, um, even today, like, you know, production wise, yeah, sounds great. But even like every, all, all aspects of this album, even today, it makes most bands seem like they're lazy and uninspired. Like it's yeah. like, come on, you can do a little bit better, right? Um, it's one of the best albums ever made, in my opinion. It is um, um, absolutely amazing. And the, 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 my ranking of their albums was weird because um, everything except for this album I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to put it um, in yeah. my ranking, but I knew this would be number one because it's just it's unfuckwithable, as we say. It's unfuckwithable, people. Um, and um, yeah, and so yeah, the 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 absolute uh, number one carcass album, fact proven. We did we did a double blind test. <laughs> <laughs> and we've we've chosen uh regular coke over new coke i don't know um, can't believe that was a thing Co- cola wars back in the 80s that was a thing where people were like doing blind tests of which cola is better and I'm that's one like, of my favorite conspiracy stories is is the is the new coke thing like that that's a real interesting story it's it's so funny because even there was a thing and i think this may have been in the early 90s but there was a thing called crystal pepsi yeah and yeah. crystal pepsi <laughs> was just pepsi without food coloring and people were like <laughs> fuck you we want our sludge to be brown <laughs> yeah and um anyway so that why well, we went from carcass to i get i bet they'd be on board with me calling soda a sludge though yeah. Um, this, it's awful for you, but damn, is it delicious. Hey, but, yeah, um, I I drink the zero stuff, so I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drink a whole lot of water, but that's only because um, aside from that, I drink beer and coffee. So it's like I have to, <laughs> yeah. I got to like hydrate myself. Um, but um, the only, the only coffee we've got in the house right now is decaf and I am fucking who, suffering for it. So wait, so who in your house is addicted to coffee that they have to have decaf coffee? <laughs> well, he, here's here's the thing, right? I didn't buy the coffee, and then one day, I I get to the I get to the thing, I stop pouring out. I see decaf. Who the fuck did this? You know, it's like. But uh, yeah, we need because I need I've more bought coffee. decaf coffee before, but only because I love drinking coffee and like I get too jittery, so I'm like, oh, I'll just get some decaf. So my my fifth cup. Will be, will be not as bad. <laughs> See, that's but, the thing. I've got I've got a big mug too. So like my coffees are like one point seven of a normal person. <laughs> like, yeah, awesome. Well, so uh, oh yeah, so with that that's carcass three, two, one, yeah, yeah we, we did, did it. it! <laughs> um, awesome, man. That was that was fun, man. Car- uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. 
That was uh yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> Clear, clearly I love this band and and I, this was a joy getting to uh to do this episode. Um so yes, for those of you who are all here, peanut butter platypus. Oh, peanut butter platypus. I want to point out something. So You've, I'm sure you've seen some of these, but you know people are getting those like Spotify wrapped things. Like here's what yeah. we listen to, and people have been posting that we are in their top podcasts. Sometimes number one, like hey. number one listened to podcast is cranked and ranked. So I wanted to throw a thank you out there to those of you who are listening to this in podcast world. Um, I know not all of you are on Spotify. Some are on Apple Podcasts, and some on. I don't know Stitcher or whatever else everybody uses. I don't. I don't know the other platforms, but um, sometimes it's easy to forget the you know the podcast side of things because it, you there's not an immediate interaction with like comments and likes and things like that. You guys are just out there listening, and yeah. um, so you I got got to give a, a thanks to to the podcast world. And, and, and like I, I've said before, if anyone from the podcast world wants to reach out and give some some comments, you can always email me at oldheadpodcast at gmail.com. But um, it's pretty it's pretty great. So, uh, um, yeah, thank you to the podcast uh, listeners, but also thank you to the YouTube viewers. And um, so, yeah, that's Carcass. Um, and, and we did it, man. We fucking did it. Never more the whipping boy. Um, (laughs) um, And we'll be back. So over Christmas, we're going to end up taking a break. But next week, we are going to be back with one last episode for the year. And it's going to be a very special and fun episode of Cranked and Ranked. So make sure you join us. Obviously, it's it's not live. So join us when you can. But, you know. Um, yeah. Or ju- or just hold off if you want to, you know, save it because we'll there'll be a at least two weeks or something like that that we won't be doing anything. I don't know, I don't remember, but you know, we'll be <laughs> back eventually. Um, but yeah, next week we, we got a special one planned, and um, it'll be fun. But we're gonna wrap up twenty twenty one for the, for us, which is our we've now been doing this for over a year and a half. Yeah. Um, Wrapping up season two, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's going to get really weird in season three. Yeah. Um, Apparently a dolphin is going to move in with us and like they're going to like throw a bunch of like way wild new characters in the show, dude. Yeah. And then (laughs) then Fonzie is going to jump over a bunch of sharks and then it's some and then you're going to realize that like the mom is also is all of a sudden going to be played by a different actress and then the <laughs> our our older brother he just, he went upstairs in the last episode and he's never coming back. So that's what you have to look forward to for. <laughs> that's what we're all. Also, the dog can talk. <laughs> Eddie. And there's a robot I heard that, that will be coming in. And uh, and 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 those are just some of the of the cool things that are going to be happening next season. That we're going to have Crankaton five thousand come in. <laughs> Uh, all right. Awesome. Anyway, so yeah, that's the end of this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Thank you very much uh, for listening. Um, any any parting words from you, sir? Carcass fucking rule. Hell yeah, man. That is <laughs> speech, brother. Yeah, that is uh, that that is a fact. All right, cool. 
Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dudes.